Welcome to the TaxSell Podcast, where TaxSell investing is made easy. My name is Casey Denman. I'm a TaxSell veteran. I'm the leading TaxSell expert. I'm the author of the TaxSell Playbook, founder of the TaxSell Academy, and I am your host right here on the TaxSell Podcast. As a reminder, the TaxSell Podcast is a completely free podcast brought to you through and because of the TaxSell Academy, which you can learn more about by going to TaxSellAcademy.com. All right, on today's episode, I want to talk about something that I strongly believe in, multiple income streams. The importance of this has really grown for me over the years as I've matured as an investor, as I've seen market cycles take place, and as I figure out different angles that can be taken to make money as a tax sell investor. The saying is that the average millionaire has seven income streams. Now, these are typically across a number of different businesses, of course, including stocks, real estate, working income, that kind of thing. But it just goes to show you the importance of having multiple ways to make money. Now, as a tax sell investor, having multiple income streams is just as important inside of your tax sell business. And this is something that most people don't even realize is possible. Unfortunately, what I commonly see is a new investor will go after one specific type or style of tax sell investment. It works for them one time, and then they force themselves into trying to replicate the same thing over and over and over again, and they completely ignore everything else in the business. Nothing was more evident than this to me after the market collapse of 2008. I spent a number of years doing the same exact thing over and over and over. I had one strategy. It was a very specific product type that I purchased for a very specific price range and I sold to a very specific buyer. Now it worked extremely well and it brought in multiple six figures per year in profit when I was in my early 20s, which is a lot of money for somebody 20, 21, 22 years old, right? But when that strategy stopped working, my income stopped flowing. I pigeonholed myself into a bad situation. And not only did my income stop, what happened was, is during those years when I was first learning this business where I was doing quite well with that one specific strategy, all I focused on was that one thing. I did not pay attention to all of the other ways to make money in this business. Truthfully, it was a pretty awful spot that I put myself in. Eventually, of course, I found my way out of that situation. I diversified throughout the tax sell business, and I built a much more sustainable business over the long term. Now, that diversification is what is key to long-term success. As you look around, many of the most successful businesses long-term will have some sort of diversification within that business. Now, let me say this. If you are doing something that works and it works well, by all means, continue to do it. I'm not telling you not to have a specialty or not to be an expert in one style of investment. I've had a lot of members that focus on just one marketing method or one property type, that kind of thing. But, and that's the key word, but they also attempt to work in other revenue streams when possible. That way, when one of those income streams stops flowing, you should be able to quickly move on to the next one. Don't pigeonhole yourself into a bad spot like I did. So how exactly can we do this? Well, inside 
of the tax sell investment arena, there are various avenues that we can take. Each one of these strategies will allow us to diversify our business. So let's go over a few examples that will hopefully get your wheels turning when it comes to your approach as a tax sell investor. The first one and probably the most obvious one is to diversify product types. And by this, I mean that you should consider investing in every type of tax sell property. We're talking tax liens, tax deeds, redeemable deeds, and even in hybrid type states. If you're an all-in investor on tax deeds, then you're missing out on some pretty solid returns when it comes to tax liens. If you're all in on tax liens, you're missing out on some big returns through tax deeds. So I always say that tax liens will typically provide lower returns, but they'll require less work since your return is going to be realized by simply walking out to your mailbox and checking the mail and getting that redemption check one day. Tax deeds will require more work since you'll need to sell, rent, or otherwise take action in order to profit from that property. But in the end, you're typically going to be rewarded with a slightly higher return. Now, I know it's not always possible, but depending on your budget and financial situation, you should consider a mixture of both tax liens, tax deeds, and throw a redeemable deed in there as well. So mix up your product types if possible. On that same token, is diversifying real estate types. And I am really guilty of this at times. There are times where I'm so focused on lands or on homes or whatever that all I care about is land. If I see a house that comes up for auction, I will skip that house so I can go to the next listing and look at that land auction or vice versa. And while there are benefits to becoming the land expert or the house specialist or whatever you want to call it, don't get such tunnel vision that you completely overlook all other opportunities. I remember that for years and years, all I invested in were vacant lots. We're talking like quarter acre lots. And I did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of those things. And then one day I had the opportunity where there was not a single vacant lot being sold at this tax sale auction. It was all houses. And I had kind of a slow period. There were not a whole lot of auctions coming up. So I said, what the heck? Maybe I'll buy a house or two. Well, I ended up buying many houses at that auction. And that year became one of my most successful years up to that point. So I highly suggest that you don't get so wrapped up in calling yourself just the land guy or just the house guy or whatever, so that you inadvertently overlook other huge opportunities that are staring you in the face. So diversify your product types. All right, let's talk tax liens now, but not in a conventional sense where you'll typically be investing in that lien in order to get interest on your money or to be able to foreclose that lien and claim ownership of the property. Instead, I'm talking about investing in tax liens in order to resell them on the secondary market. Yes, there is a secondary market for tax liens. Now, it's not a huge market, but there are still plenty of buyers out there who do not want or know how to navigate through the traditional tax lien market. So what you would do is you would go and purchase a tax lien. You would advertise that lien for sale. The other investor that's interested in buying your tax lien will pay you your money. You'll pocket that money. You'll go to the county and say, hey, listen, I'm transferring this tax lien from myself 
to this person. Then you move on and you do it again, or you do it a dozen more times if you want to. Now, it's not going to be life-changing money. In fact, for some people, it might not even be worth the time, but it can still be a very sustainable way to add an additional income stream into your tax sale business. Now, let me give you an example. Let's say we go to the county, we find a tax lien that has a face value of $300 paying 10% interest. So I'll go to the county. I'll say, I want to buy this lien. You'll give them a check for $300. You'll go out, you'll advertise that tax lien certificate, and let's say you sell it for $400. There you go. You pocket it, $100. The new investor takes your place. You move on to the next one. Now, considering you can easily do this from your home or your office or wherever you have a laptop, it's a very simple and easy income stream. Some have even set up elaborate websites and email systems. They just resell tax liens like somebody that has an online store selling vitamins or something, right? They just go buy tax liens, put them on the secondary market, make some cash, and do it all over again. They've turned this into a phenomenal business. It's an easy way to make a few extra bucks or quite a bit of money when you do it at scale. Now, how about OTC deeds and liens? There are multiple revenue sources inside of this one. So OTC stands for over the counter. Now, OTC deeds and liens are properties that went to a tax sale, but nobody bid on these properties. In other words, these are the leftovers. Now, you obviously have to do a lot of research and be extremely diligent, but the price that you see on the OTC list is typically going to be for the amount of the back due taxes, interest, and fees. So you're able to go and get a copy of that OTC list. You know all about the property since you'll have plenty of time to research it and you're not trying to rush everything right before an auction begins. You're also going to know down to the penny what you'll be paying for that property. So all that's left is finding a buyer. In many situations, you can even pre-arrange a buyer where you will end up buying it and turning right around and selling it to your buyer that same day just to line up all the pieces and get all of your ducks in a row, but it can be a very, very profitable business. Another arrangement that I've had a lot of success with is in some areas, you can review an OTC list and you'll find one particular subdivision in that county that has multiple properties available over the county, talking dozens or hundreds, oftentimes vacant lots. And what typically I see is it'll be a subdivision that was developed in the 1960s or 1970s that just never took off. And that subdivision might have hundreds or thousands of vacant lots available that routinely come up at tax sales. And there's not a whole lot of local interest in those lots. But what I'll do is I'll go to that OTC list. I'll buy one of those lots. And then I'll take that one lot, often price it below market value, and I will market it like crazy. I'll really go all out to get that property in front of as many potential buyers as possible. My main goal is not to just sell that initial lot. My main goal is actually to build a huge list of buyers that are interested in a lot just like that. So in the end, I will sell that initial lot to whoever usually it's the first one that contacts me. Then after that, I will go back to that OTC list. I'll get a few more lots and start selling those to the rest of the buyers. It's a great way to create kind of an on-demand revenue stream if you have those types of properties in your county. 
Another potential income stream can come from pre-auction purchasing. And this is one I get asked about quite a bit. I actually have a workshop on this inside the Taxol Academy. But in a nutshell, what you're doing is you are identifying properties that will be coming up for tax sales in the near future, which of course can signal it's a distressed property. And then you are contacting those owners. You're attempting to negotiate a price with them and you're attempting to buy that property before it hits the auction block. Now there are obviously many factors to making it work successfully. But there is a lot of potential that you could buy the property at a discounted price. You could keep the title clean, eliminating a suit to quiet title, for instance. And you can work around other interested bidders, which is your competition. Again, there's a lot to it. But it is something that can definitely provide another income stream for you. Something else that we can discuss is utilizing partners. A number of my academy members got their start this way, and they also will continue to use them even though they might not necessarily need to from a financial perspective. So what originally happens is they'll take the time to educate themselves, they'll research previous auction results, they'll develop a no-lose type approach, and then they'll approach friends or family members for capital to invest. Typically, they'll receive a very low percentage of the overall profits, but when it does, is it gives them leverage. And it gives them ways to make money in addition to what they might already be doing with the money that comes directly out of their own bank account. Again, it's just another angle. Now, when it comes to selling, if you have the means, then it is worthwhile to consider owner financing properties. I've told this story before, but there's an investor that I know who buys lots, vacant lots, in very rural areas. They're typically low-valued, mobile home-type lots on dirt roads. And since they're not all that desirable, he'll buy them pretty cheap, around a couple thousand dollars a piece, and he will sell them with a no-credit-check-type owner financing, usually to people that want the properties, but they can't afford them, or they aren't willing to pay cash for his lots. His terms are something like $99 down, $99 a month at 10 or 15% interest for 10 years. Now, the truth is a number of these will end up defaulting. He'll foreclose and he'll end up reselling them. Others, of course, will pay off early. But for the ones who pay throughout the entire term, he'll end up with upwards of $18,000 in profit off a $2,000 lot when you factor in the interest. Not bad at all. Now, the deal is I can go on and on with this list. We can discuss only buying below market properties and selling at reduced prices with as-is titles, something I do a lot. We can discuss buying and remodeling homes to sell or rent. We can discuss subdividing parcels or piecing together small properties to make them larger to allow them to potentially be more valuable or usable. We can discuss selling on places like eBay. This episode only touches on the tip of the iceberg when it comes to all of the potential revenue streams inside the tax sell umbrella. Far too many people think that this business is simply buying and selling properties. And while that might be the best way to describe this business in five words or less, there are plenty of ways to make money as a tax sell investor outside of the traditional buy and sell type approach. 
So much of what I've built my entire business around and what I teach about in the Taxol Academy comes from my experience in this business with plenty of light bulb type moments. Moments where I realized that I was missing out on incredible income possibilities simply because I had tunnel vision. So the next time you look at this business, get out of the mindset of it simply being a one strategy type business. There are dozens, if not hundreds of different ways to make money as a tax sale investor. It is up to you to discover the ones that work best based on your objectives and then execute those strategies. I really hope that this episode has helped you look at tax sale investing and the potential for multiple income streams through tax sale investing in a much different light. Listen, if you have enjoyed today's episode, please do me a huge favor. Please leave us positive feedback on whatever podcasting platform you are listening to us on right now. We've been getting a lot of positive feedback lately, and I'm so thankful for each and every single one of you who have taken the time out of your day to leave that positive feedback for us. If we can help you, in your quest for tax sell success, there are a whole bunch of links in today's show notes, including one to our primary site at taxcellacademy.com. Take care, folks, and make it a successful day. We'll see you next time right here on the Tax Cell Podcast. Bye-bye.